Okay, so as Hannah said, today um, we're starting um, a new series um, called Keep On Trusting, where basically we are going to be looking at um, the kind of heroes of faith from Hebrews chapter 11, which we hope is going to be really encouraging for us at this present time. Because even though um, many uh, of the people mentioned in that um, chapter of faith um, obviously uh, commended for their faith, yet many of them had would, had deeply flawed characters or got up to something that we would think was quite suspect, and yet they're commended for their faith. And so hopefully um, this is going to encourage us that, um, that we can trust God in difficult cir circumstances, even though we might not um, feel quite up to it, we can still have the faith to keep going. So what I'm going to talk to you today, before we start that, so today I'm going to talk to you really what God's been talking to me about over the last um, few months. Um, when I started to, um, so back in November, um, I started to think about what God wanted to say to us as a church for 2021. And um, the words that kept on coming to me were, Hello. keep on trusting, keep on trusting. And when I was thinking about this, it was a, re you know, it's a really interesting word, isn't it? Like trusting. It isn't, um, it's a very active verb that we have to, it's something keeping on. It's not saying we haven't trusted God, but we've got to keep on doing it. Um, it's not like there's one part of our life where we, tr we have trusted God on one date and then that's it forever. It's a very active, continuous thing. So to keep on trusting him. But the difficult thing is, it's easy to say, isn't it? Keep on trusting God when we feel that as we look around the world at the moment, even just our country, even just probably Devon, it feels like it's all rather hard, a bit of a mess. And is God really in control? So how can we keep on trusting God when what we see with our eyes looks so... Um, bleak and dark and that's why I chose this picture because um, I think it's probably in photoshopped the colours of it but it's just this kind of bleakness and I think um, for some people they feel especially going into this this lockdown at the moment it feels very bleak it feels like we're never going to get back to normal and so it's, I think it's a really good image just for, for like where we are. But so what I want to share with you is what God has um, kind of been talking to me about, about how we how we keep on trusting. Now, this isn't going to be anything probably new. I know I, I'm always very aware when speaking at CCC that we have so many um, mature Christians who have been Christians far longer than I have. And so all I want to do is just kind of as a reminder of things that you know um, and just flag up a few scriptures that God's really laid on my heart that hopefully will really encourage you to keep on trusting him however hard it becomes. So the first thing I want to say is it matters where it be put our eyes. 
Now, I think um, Paul and I once had a, a talk about this fish here, and um, I think, I don't know if he ever got around to putting it in a sermon, so I've kind of beaten him to the punch here and using this fish, which some of you might recognise if you've, um, like David Attenborough, and I think this is on the last Blue Planet, or one, the, one of the last ones he did, he showed this fish here, and it's called a Pacific barrel-eyed fish. And it's called this because it has peculiar eyes. So um, if I put my, so these little green things here, these are actually its eyes, okay? These things here that look like its eyes are actually like fish nostrils. They're called um, nares, which is a funny word. And obviously this is its mouth. So these are its nostrils, but these green things up here are actually its eyes. And they're amazing eyes because they're like tubes. And that's why it gets its name, the barrel-eyed fish. And um, they're tubes and they can focus. And amazingly, they can swing them round. So these um, eyes can look straight above them or straight ahead. So they can swing them round like this. Now, this is really important because this fish lives um, about 600 metres down in the Pacific Ocean. And it basically hangs motionless almost in the water, waiting, looking up for its prey. And it has these great big fins here that basically let it kind of literally kind of hang there motionlessly, a bit like um, a spaceship or something. Um, so it's very well um, proportioned. And what it will do, it will keep looking up until it sees it's what it wants to eat, which are usually, they think, jellyfish. And um, because obviously it's very bright light coming down, they think the greenness of it kind of acts as a filter to filter out some of the sunlight so um, it can still see clearly. And um, it will look up, it will, when it sees the, some of these jellyfish um, give off light, they bioluminesce. And so when it sees that, it would then swim up and uh, go and eat them. And obviously jellyfish, you know, have lots of little stinging cells on them. And the reason scientists think that they have this protective, transparent head, amazing. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? Um, that is to protect the eye. So if it was like a normal fish, um, and its eyes were just um, normally at the front of its face. As it went to eat all the tentacles and things, it would get stung and could get blinded. And so they think that it has this transparent shield over its um, head so that it protects its eyes. So it can go and munch on as many jellyfish as it likes without um, damaging its eyes. So incredible. So this fish just hanging there looking up. And I thought this was a really good picture because one of the things I feel is really important um, to enable us to keep on trusting is where we fix our, fix our eyes. It's very easy with all the news we hear, everything we see, conversations we have with other people, is to get distracted, distracted from what who God is and um, all about God by looking at the things around us. So it's really important where we put our eyes. Now, I, God has used like the picture of um, the Israelites um, escaping from Egypt, going through the wilderness um, a lot through and going, going towards the promised land a lot through this time of lockdown. And I felt, and I know other people felt that during the first lockdown back in March, um, that it did feel like we were the 
we were in kind of walking across the wilderness and now and again it did feel that we came across almost like little oases of God's presence and even though it was a really hard time I know and speaking to other people you know some of us really felt like God's grace in that time and um I think the weather helped <coughs> as well that we were able to go out sit outside and um it it felt okay in one sense I know some this I'm just talking generally I know some people have had different experiences but I know quite a lot of people have said they really felt um God's presence and God God's provision in that place now as we've moved on into the second and third lockdown I know it's got a lot harder and it seems like things are never going to get back to normal um so we can't look up, look at up, look at the things around us. We need to look up. Now, if we look and think about um, um, when uh, Moses led, so they'd gone across the wilderness, they'd stayed for this year at um, Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. They'd then walked across and they're halfway towards the promised land. So this has taken them, this is about two years after leaving Egypt with all the miraculous signs they've seen. And about halfway to Canaan, to the promised land, Moses sends out the 12 spies and they go off. And for 40 days, they go into the country and they look around and they see what the land is like. They see the inhabitants of it. You know, Moses says, bring back some of the fruit. And you remember the picture that <clears throat> they bring back, you know, like just one cluster of grapes that's kind of on a huge, great, great big branch. They carry it between them. So like massive grapes, so very fruitful land. And they come back and they come to Moses and basically um, give a report to Moses. And you'll remember that um, Caleb and Joshua are the only ones that are positive about the experience that they will be able to go in and conquer this land. The other 10 um, spies basically um, are fearful. They can't believe there's any way they're going to conquer this land. So. If we look, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to find Numbers chapter 13. So the spies have come back from um, having their 40 days in Canaan, looking around and they come back and they make their report to Moses. So Numbers 13, starting at verse 30. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, sorry, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israeli, Israelites sorry, a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We looked the same to them. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Like um, Joshua and Caleb trusted that God had promised this was the land they were going to inherit. And so whatever they saw with their eyes didn't put them off knowing that God could do it if he had told them. Whereas the other spies just looked at what was around them. They looked at the size of the people and they just thought, there's no way we can conquer these people. 
they're too big for us they're like the giants and so they came back and basically you know the rest of the story they um you know said they weren't going to go in and then god's really crossed with them and sends them off for 40 years in the wilderness so all those people have died they kind of rebel and say okay we will go in now and obviously they get defeated and so um you know they all die in the wilderness and only their children go into the promised land but i just feel um as i've said it's really important where we put our eyes so just like the 10 spies were looking at what was around them rather than trusting what god had said to them remember this is only two years after they've seen the incredible miraculous deliverance out of egypt you know and here they are doubting again and we know all the way through they doubt 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 but so this but they so they doubt that god can do it and instead of looking at god and what he can do they look at the situation so i think one thing that's really important for this year to come is not to allow the things we can see with our eyes and hear with our ears to cause us to doubt that we that god has got us and has got us safe Instead, we must be really careful about training our eyes and ears on him alone, because I think that that will give us the strength to keep on standing whatever we see and hear around us. But how do we how do we fix our eyes? You know, we often say this, don't we? Like, look up. Um, how do we fix our eyes on God? Well, it's spending our time filling our minds with things of God rather than the things that will um, distract us from God. So if you are finding that the the news and things like that are getting you down, making you fearful, making you um, worried, killing, causing you sleepless nights. If you're having anxiety about these things, stop. My idea would be to stop watching it. There is obviously, you know, you need to keep up with things, but it's like being sensible about where we what we fill our minds with so if you feel yourself despairing and losing hope the antidote is to deliberately however hard it is is to spend more time reading your bible more time in prayer more time worshiping sometimes when we're in that place it's the hardest thing to do is to actually persevere and press on and spend time with God we can get into a cycle where we you know we don't want to you know it's like we're feeling down so we don't want to push in when it's hard when we read the bible and it feels like we're not getting anything when we're praying and it feels like no one's listening but that is the time that you need to kind of a fate um what's it say make your face like flint there's that lovely verse in Philippians that says but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I'll read it again. So, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So I think the first thing to keep, help us keep on trusting is it matters where we put our eyes. So look up. The second thing I felt um, God reminded me of is to, to remember and to meditate on his character, okay? So if we're going to trust God, it's helpful for us to know what God's character is like. So this verse from 2 Timothy 1. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, 
but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which has now been manifested through the appearing of our saviour, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed for this, for I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard it until that day that has been entrusted to me. Sorry to read that last little bit again. For I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. So I think the second thing is really knowing God, not just knowing him, but knowing him. And I think the more like um, I think that's one of the lovely things about the Christian life. I mean, there's lovely things about the Christian life. But one thing is, as we, um, you know, in our journey with him as we go on through years and years you get to know more and more and more of his character and um, one of the things I found really useful is um, when we're thinking about God's character is to think about the names of God and um, at the moment I'm doing like a assembly series with my children at school um, on the character of God and I'm talking to them using the names of God as um kind of a springboard into talking about different areas of his character and um the things about the names of God is just that they're just so many of them like over a hundred of them some are names obviously God has given himself um some are ones that are prophesied about him some are more about like when Jesus and that sort of thing but there are so many that delve so deeply into his character and even if we think about something like um very simple um like um the Lord being our shepherd and we all know it so well and we go oh yes the Lord's our shepherd and you know lovely picture of you know Psalm 23 of leading us beside still waters but even if we stop and even just think about that so if we know that God is our shepherd what does that mean so what does a shepherd do for his sheep we know that a shepherd protects his sheep we think about like the rod and the staff, like beating off wolves or um, things that used to come and try and attack the sheep. The shepherd protected the sheep from any danger. You know, at night he went and put them in a enclosure and he himself sat down in the gap as the gate, protecting them. We know that he led them in good places, that he provided the water and the um, grass or whatever the food they needed. So if God is that for us, we know whatever it seems like around us, we know if that's his character, that he's our shepherd, that he is going to protect us. He will keep us safe. He will provide the drink, uh, the water and the food for us to keep going. And obviously so much more to that. So that's the second thing I think is if you are feeling like you're lacking trust is like to meditate on God's word and God's character. And one of the things would be maybe 
do a Bible study through the work, through the names of God and find out maybe something that you've forgotten or maybe something that um, you haven't thought about for a while. So the final one I want to talk about is the power of remembering. And this kind of follows on our story from um, um, from earlier, from Caleb and Joshua um, going in a spy. So we're going on to the end of the story kind of now of going into the promised land. So when I was thinking about this, so, so I was reading the book of Judges and um, I think the book of Judges has some of the saddest verses in the Bible for me personally. Um, so if we look in um, Judges 2, it says, Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. So, and the troubling thing is that when the people of Israel stopped remembering God, everything went to pot, it, everything went wrong. And so if we carried on later in Judges, it says this, Judges 21, it says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's Judges 21. And so there is this kind of, um, there seems to be a kind of correlation when we forget God or forget what he's done, then everyone just starts to do what is good in their own eyes. And I think a lot of you probably agree that this is what it feels like our society is like at the moment. Um, this attitude in society is okay, do whatever you want. As long as you're not hurting anyone else, if it feels good for you, go and do it. It's like everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes because there's no fear of God. There's no remembrance of God and who he is. Um, well, I think, you know, at the moment, I think we can see this really powerfully through um, kind of, I don't know what, if what you think, but personally, I feel this whole mess to do with gender and sexuality and things is just like an outworking of this, everyone doing what's right in their own eyes. And I, like, I was just um, looking at something on the internet and like, you know, you have, you, have, you have these banners that come up at the side advertising things and it was a clothing brand, but what caught my eye was their strap line. So this was the strap line advertising, well, it's like unisex clothing. So clothing that either uh, males or females can wear, but this was the strap line. It's time for a shift. There are no rules here. Play around with it. Find what feels good and go with it. And I just, it literally took me aback because I just think, isn't that just saying it? Everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. So, um, so we need to make sure that we don't forget God, that we don't forget God, that we do remember what he's done. So we know through the Bible, as you read, especially like the Old Testament, God's put so many things into place to help his people remember how faithful he is. So we think about Passover is, you know, it's an act of remembrance. So they are to repeat it. So they remember this is how God delivered us for Egypt. You know, their clothes tucked into the ready to go and the bitter herbs and all these the unleavened bread. All these things pointing back to the deliverance of God made for the people of Israel out of Egypt. We think about communion. So communion for us is an act of remembrance, remembering Jesus' death on the cross that has worked for us salvation. 
but it does only the interesting thing about uh, about communion which obviously is linked to passover but it don't doesn't only point backwards it always it points forwards too because in corinthians it says for as often as you drink this bread and drink this sorry for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes and so it's like not only looking back to what Jesus has done for us, but looking forward because we know what happens at the end of the story. <laughs> you know, we know what's happening. Jesus is going to return at some point, whether that's when we are dead and we will, be, you know, come back to life or whether it's while we're still living. But Jesus will come back. We know there is going to be a wedding of um, the bridegroom and the bride, the church. We know we have that confidence. That is the end of the story. So whatever's happening here, we know what is in the future. But what I really want to look at is a story from the book of Joshua. So we've had so the spies have gone into the land. They've um, come back. It's all gone wrong. So they've wandered around the desert for 40 years. All the people that um, saw God deliver them out of Egypt, all those adults have died. And it's the children now that are going to go into the promised land. So in order to get into the promised land, they've got to cross over the Jordan River. Now, God wants to show that he's with um, Joshua just as much as he is with uh, Moses. So there's this lovely echo of um, crossing the Red Sea and crossing the Jordan Sea. So God tells Joshua to get um, the priests with the Ark of the Covenant to go and walk into the middle of the Jordan River. And as they do that, the waters of the Jordan part. And so the people go through the Jordan um, to the other side on dry land. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? This kind of uh, echo of what's already happened to prove that God is with um, Joshua. So the people will um, trust Joshua just as much they trusted Moses. And so there's this lovely story. But let's look at what happens next. So if you have your Bibles, you might want to um, turn to Joshua chapter four. So it's Joshua 4, starting at verse 1. So this is kind of, they've just kind of, just kind of literally walked across the Jordan. So Joshua chapter 1. When all the nations had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel that this might be a sign among you. And when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the, sorry, passed, when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And um, this was one of these passages that, as I was reading it, 
it just kind of stuck and I had to read it the next day and the next day and I was just kind of thinking about this this kind of this you know this kind of pile of stones symbolizing God's kind of faithfulness God's provision um, to cross the Jordan into the promised land and um, as I was thinking about this I started thinking about whether there were points of in our lives that we could use almost as stones to kind of remember God's faithfulness. Um, in the Bronze Age and things um, and forwards, they when they were when they were out on their boats, obviously they didn't have anything like anchors. So they had huge things called anchor stones, which were basically big boulders that had um, holes at the top that worn through, and they'd obviously. Um, attach ropes to and so they throw these things overboard and they would keep the boat headed into the wind um, so that it would be you know it's less um, rocky if you're heading straight into the wind um, so these are like anchor stones and what I felt was could we use things like things that have happened where we can say definitely I know that was God's provision for me or that was God speaking to me or like without a doubt you know Often we know that we've heard, we've heard God's voice, but there are certain instances in your, well, I know in my life, there are certain instances where it, whatever happens, I could never doubt that God did that. And I was thinking like this memorial of stones that um, the Israelites did, so they could point back to um, God's faithfulness for crossing the Jordan, whether we could do almost like a, an altar of remembrance or a um, stones of remembrance that will kind of act as these anchor stones that if we find ourselves drifting off kind of losing our trust in God we could look back these could be our anchors that bring us back to God we look and think no I know that I know that point there I know that point there um so what we're going to do I hope you, you don't mind this we're going to draw a little altar of stones or a little pile of stones. So here's mine. I can actually, I'll, I'll stop um, sharing. A minute. So if you just make me speak of you. So um, what I've got here is there's a pile of stones. So I've made it, so I've done five at the bottom, then four, then three. So do you want to take a minute just to draw yourself doesn't matter how you do this, draw yourself a pile of stones on your piece of paper. Okay, doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be artistic at all. So the idea about this is for you to think about things in your life that could act as these anchor stones. I think this, um, the kind of the power of remembering things is a really good way to keep us trusting God so that when we feel our trust is lacking, we can point back to these things. Now, it may be that you're not, not going to be able to think of 12 instances where you feel God has, you know, without a doubt that if you thought about them, you'd know God is, is real, God is looking after you. That doesn't matter, that's space for the rest of your life. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to um, play a song and it's 10 minutes long, but that gives you 10 minutes just on your own to think about the things that you would put on these stones and write on some of these stones. So I think I thought about this the other day and I could think about seven things that I would write on my stones that 
I know if I think about them, I know without a shadow of doubt, you know, that is like, yes, that was God. There's no other way that could have happened except for God. And that buoys my faith up. It keeps me trusting. So I'm going to play a song. Um, just whatever you feel right on your stones but it doesn't matter if you're a new christian maybe you've only got one or two things to write on your stones it doesn't matter and what we're going to do we're going to keep this if, if it's helpful for you then keep it somewhere that when you feel your faith slipping you can come back to this and this will help you trusting so you've basically got 10 minutes to go and just think and ask God to show you those things that could be your anchor stones, your stones of remembering. And then I will bring us back together. I hope you found that helpful. And I, um, I don't know, I know that God reminded me of some things that I'd actually forgotten um of where i know he's so faithful so i'm just gonna pray um it may be for some of you that wasn't helpful hopefully you just enjoyed the worship instead but um i know for me like look looking back and remembering god's faithfulness does help when you're in a situation where you feel um sometimes a little bit lost he has been faithful in the past so i know he will be faithful again i'm just gonna pray and then hand back to hannah Lord God, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that at least all of us can point back to a day, Lord, when we recognised your voice, when we recognise what Jesus has done for us. Lord, we thank you for the reality of your faithfulness. That, Lord, it is not our very fairy sort of thing, but we know whom we've believed in. Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember, to remember the faithfulness in the past. Lord, I pray you'd help us remind ourselves of your character, of who you are, that we might keep our eyes on you, that Lord, we would not allow ourselves to be distracted or um, despairing of the things around us, but Lord, we would keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord, help each one of us to keep on trusting you, whatever the circumstances we go through. In Jesus' name, amen.